Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is me. That's right. It's me. You were hoping for someone better? Well, tough. You're out of luck. It's just me, the host of the show and creator of the show and producer of the show. I do it all for the show, folks. TravelTalesPodcast.com is the website. Go there. Check out stories I've written, stories that other people have written. And you can see photos of our guests. You can see links to their social media. You can see links to all our social media, which is, of course, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. There are links to Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can subscribe for free. And as always, I ask you, if you do subscribe and if you do listen, please give us a good rating. I'd appreciate it. That helps people find the show because it boosts our presence. That's a cool thing. If you want to write me, it's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. I'm speaking to you from my small cabin on the good ship Eurodam, the Holland America Eurodam. It's the last week of December. I spent this exact week last year cruising the same oceans, doing a comedy gig, on Holland America. So uh, a year has gone by, and on the surface, uh, not a lot has changed. But yes, it has been a year of change and a year of transition for me. This time last year, in 2016, I had just sold my house. I had a duplex in Los Angeles. I had just sold it for many reasons, none of them being desperation. Some people think I was crazy. Some days I wake up thinking I was crazy. But you know what? I look back on it. As a traveler, some people are just built to be landlords and some people are not. And if you travel around the world like I do and you're on ships with no way to get on or off or sometimes even make a phone call, being a landlord is not conducive. Uh, being a landlord in a rent-controlled city was not my favorite thing in the world. Now, in fairness, I had some good tenants over the 10 years I owned it, but um, I was done. Needed a change in my life. I... Uh, could have been an absentee landlord, but you know what? I only regret it when I'm in L.A. When I'm out of L.A., boy, I don't regret it at all. The next step is finding a new place for me to live, and that's my uh, goal when I get back to L.A. The first week of January, when you hear this, I'm going to get back January 5th. I've been staying with a friend this whole time in two different places. He actually bought a duplex not too far from where my old place was, and I was staying with him in a spare bedroom, and I still am staying with him. And it's worked out great in terms of traveling because I have virtually no responsibilities back in L.A. So I figured this year I was going to take full advantage of that and travel the world, which I did. And man, if we recap where I went, there was a lot of trips. There was the, uh, of course, doing the cruises. This time last year I got back, but then February rolled around and it was the cruise to end all cruises the six-star luxury seaborne quest down in Antarctica. And what an experience that was. 25 hours to get to Ushuaia, Argentina, at the bottom of the world. The southernmost city in the world, they say. 
And we caught the ship down there, two weeks on the ship in Antarctica. Amazing. Got the touch ground on the last continent I uh, ever visited. So now I've been to them all. And I'm one of the fortunate few people around the world who can say that. Not few, but uh, a few in the percentages, certainly. How many people can say that? Top 5% in the world? Maybe top five. I'm, I'm, boy, that sounds cocky. Anyway, I'm lucky is what I'm saying, and I'm grateful. I'm humbled and grateful that I was able to do it because uh, otherwise going down to Antarctica is not easy, and it's expensive for most people. And not only did I not pay for this, they paid me to go down there. I actually told some jokes in rough seas and uh, survived it all. Went straight from there, caught the, uh, got off the ship in Buenos Aires, flew right to New Zealand, another hell of a trip, and uh, caught a boat down to uh, around New Zealand to Melbourne, and I got to spend a few days in Melbourne. And it had been 20 years since I'd been back to Melbourne, and it was uh, it was great to be back. What a great city! What a great country, Australia. Boy, it's always a joy to go back there. Back to LA, spent most of March in Los Angeles, and then April rolls around, and I got my first brand ambassadorship gig for the Rocky Mountaineer train. And that uh, I've done a lot of uh, free travel for various media outlets and uh, different places around the world, and that's been great. But this was my first uh, paid gig for being a travel professional slash blogger slash whatever. An incredible experience. I want to thank everybody at the Rocky Mountaineer train and uh, Gina Michael Smith over at uh, Citizen PR for allowing me to come aboard. Shot some great videos for that. If you're following us on Instagram, you saw those uh, videos that I have. Uh, that I shot for those, and uh, also my uh, good thanks to uh, Rob Paravonian, my buddy who came with me and helped me shoot things and did the editing, and uh, great guy, appreciate it, Rob. So take the Rocky Mountaineer train if you can, or tell your parents to do it. I'll be the first to admit it's usually uh, old people on the... (laughs) Uh, much like cruises, you know, so the cruises and um, the Rocky Mountaineer train seem to go hand in hand, but it's beautiful country up there, that's very relaxing, and it's uh, it's a great travel experience. So the Rocky Mountaineer, that was in April, May rolls around, more cruises, June and July, six weeks of cruises in Alaska, back to Alaska, on a couple Holland America ships, more comedy, August rolled around. Went back to Chicago to see uh, a friend for his 50th birthday and did three nights at Zany's Comedy Club downtown. Great to see old friends who came out to, to the shows. My family came out, my brother, my cousins, uh, some old friends got to, to catch up with. And the weather just happened to be perfect in Chicago. And what a great city. I know I'm biased because I grew up there, my hometown. But boy, do I miss it in August. Do I miss it in January February? I do not especially now when they're having a a huge cold snap across America. Boy, I don't miss those days at all. Scraping my windshield. Ooh, boy. No thank you. But in the summer, man, what a great town. End of August rolls around. I take off for Europe without a return ticket. Now, I figured this trip was going to be about four weeks or so. Didn't end up being four weeks. Ended up being about seven weeks. And uh, for various reasons, I just stayed longer. And why wouldn't I? Perfect time to be there. Spent the first week, which would be the last week of August, in London, one of my favorite cities in the world. Reconnected with a bunch of friends there. Had a great time. I never had a bad time in London. And thanks to Kathy and all my friends there for uh, hosting me 
and hanging out and just uh, it was it was great. Left from there, uh, saw friends in uh, oh my gosh, went to Milan and Bologna. Saw my friend Barbara there, another amazing host, so kind to me and to show me around and and to host me there and uh, show off her home cities. I mean, Bologna, I'd never been before, or Milan, and they were two uh, unbelievable places to visit and uh, eat like a maniac, and that's what I did. From then, it was on to the Greek islands, a place I've talked about going, scratched that one off my list, and it was uh, a long time on my list, and I couldn't wait any longer, did it, very happy I did, started out in Mykonos, no, started out in Santorini, then went on to Eos, Paros, Naxos, and then Mykonos. So there's two weeks in the Greek islands, which uh, would give me a great taste of it. I uh, was not a, f- uh, I mean, I loved all of it, but a uh, bigger fan of the mellow islands. Santorini and Mykonos are not mellow, very touristy, beautiful for sure, but very uh, expensive and touristy. I like the mellow ones, Paros, Naxos, really cool, but not uh, nearly as expensive or crowded. And again, September, best month of the year to be in the Mediterranean, in my humble opinion, because the August crowds are gone, the kids are back in school, yet it's still hot, the water is still warm to swim in, no better time than September to be in the Mediterranean. So from there, went to Athens, finally got to see Athens, the Parthenon, two days in Athens, pretty much enough to see everything you need to see, snap your photos. And then I moved on, went to see a friend of mine in Dresden, Germany, which was a cool little town that I'd never been to before. It was a little uh, unexpected pit stop, but I went to Dresden, Germany, and then off to Portugal, where after a couple days in Lisbon, another one of my favorite cities in Europe, I went down to the Algarve coast, the southern coast of Portugal. And if you've never been, what a cool place. I know uh, many people talk about the southern coast of Spain and the, and, the, and the Costa Brava and all that. Those are all great, but uh, Algarve doesn't get enough publicity, at least here in America, in my opinion. It's uh, easy to get to. It's uh, affordable. Yes, you get your uh, drunken Brits kind of taken over, but that you, could be, you could say that about just about every nice beach in Europe. And there's a little bit of that, but yet really cool, beautiful place, mellow. Again, great food, great wine. I recommend the Algarve highly. In a week, very doable. From there, it was back to London for a few days, and then a press trip, a media trip to Lojin, Croatia, which I picked up while I was in Europe. So that kind of stretched my, uh, my trip. That was the first week of October. So I stuck around to the first week of October and uh, took that trip to Lojin, Croatia, which I had never been before, even though having been to Croatia a few times, never been to this little island. And uh, thank you to Ashley Colburn, friend of the show, who hooked me up with the uh, tourist board there and uh, had a wonderful week enjoying Lojin. And stay tuned for um, upcoming episodes where I will be talking about Lojin. And I did some interviews while I was there. And there's going to be a story appearing on our website uh, about Lojin and uh, the culture there of wellness and the spas and the essential oils and the healthy, clean living. And I felt great afterwards, and I recommend it. Lojin, Croatia. Then I got back here, not here, got back to L.A., and uh, took some time to uh, kind of regroup 
And my next trip, really, I got to go to... So then I was back to L.A., where at the end of the month, at the end of October, I got to go to Mazatlan, Mexico, and shoot travel videos for a local affiliate here or there in L.A., KTLA Channel 5, where it would show on local KTLA TV about uh, promoting Mazatlan as a destination. And this was sponsored by the Mazatlan Tourist Board, and we went down there for the Halloween Day of the Dead celebration, which was kind of cool. So I enjoyed that. That was an uh, unexpected little side gig, which was wonderful. Again, to be paid to travel, can't beat it. Then it was back to LA and Thanksgiving week, I went back down to Mexico on another cruise, this time to uh, Mazatlan, and if, uh, not Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta and a few other places. And Puerto Vallarta is where, uh, if you listen to the show, that is where I fainted in the heat and knocked myself out and uh, got five stitches on my head. But I'm all better now. Just feel like a, a dumb old man who doesn't know how to hydrate in the heat. And then to wrap up the year in travel, I find myself back in the Caribbean, working on the ships, telling jokes, and then afterwards seeing my family in Florida, which is great. Man, what a year. That's a lot of travel. Now, if all those flights had been on one airline, I'd have a platinum status again this year <laughs> or next year, which I, which I won't. I won't have it for 2018 because a lot of those flights were not booked by me. They just take the cruise lines, especially just pick whatever is cheapest or whatever they have a deal. And um, yeah, so I get those miles spread out over different airlines. Not that platinum status means as much anymore, because I can tell you this, I rarely ever, ever, despite being platinum all year long, never got upgraded. There's always an executive platinum or somebody uh, with higher status above me, and flights are so crowded now, I never get upgraded. And so the joys of being platinum are not as uh, high anymore. You really got to be an executive or platinum or really high status to seem to get upgraded anymore, at least on the uh, busy flights. There's no chance. Now, I always recommend frequent flyer miles, playing the game of uh, status and uh, gathering miles and points. And that's how I've gotten around the world on my own. You know I'm a fan, but I am not a fan of what's happening with the airlines. They're just making it tougher and tougher and tougher to not only acquire miles, but also to use them. They're restricting flights. They're restricting the seats, the available seats for mileage users. They are uh, upping the mileage requirements that you have to spend for the ticket. They're charging more for bags. They're being stricter and stricter with everything. And now, with merging and further deregulation, they're going to put it to us even harder because they don't have any competition. There's four major airlines in America, and if you don't fly United, Delta, American, or Southwest, your options are very, very limited. So they got us by the short hairs, and they're not making it easier. So I am going to try to use my miles because these are things that don't gain in value with time. Every day they're decreasing the value of our miles even more. So, so use them or lose them, I say. Which brings me to 2018. I did something I never do. I sat down last night in my tiny little cabin and made a, I hate the term bucket list, but I kind of made one out for 2018. So I asked myself this question. If, God forbid, something happened to me, Let's say I was in an accident or uh, got sick or whatever, or worse, got a real job. Ooh, can you imagine? 
and uh, I couldn't travel. Let's say I couldn't travel ever again. If I look back on all the places I've been and then looked at all the places I haven't been, where would I really regret not seeing? Now, I've seen most of the places I've always wanted to see, and I'm happy and lucky about that. But where do I want to go? Where would I really be bummed that I didn't see if I couldn't travel anymore? So I made out a list of those places. And so that started to look awfully like a bucket list for 2018. And I went by continent. And there's something about goals. Every self-help book, every motivational book would say, if you want to get something going, write it down. Just the act of writing it down and looking at it motivates you. Says, well, I'm going to start knocking things off the list. So I made out a list. And here's how it looks. In South America, these are the places I've never been and want to go. Northern Brazil. Been to South, been to Rio, been to Guazu Falls, been around that area, been to uh, you know, Southern Brazil, but not Northern Brazil. And I want to go up there, much different. Want to check that out. Want to get back down in Patagonia and Chile. Never been to Chile. I was around it, of course, when I went to uh, Ushuaia, the Argentina, but I only got to see Patagonia from the plane and didn't get to experience much of it. So there's that. There's Colombia. I still have not been to Colombia and the Galapagos Islands, which might be a, a trip in itself because it's hard to get to and uh, quite expensive. So hopefully one day I'll get a, a cruise down there, but if not, I might have to make it happen on my own. In terms of Central America and the Caribbean, I would love to surf in Nicaragua. I want to go diving in Bonaire. I still haven't been to Mexico City. Oh my God, it's killing me that I still haven't been to Mexico City. But again, I do that thing I always do with Mexico and say, ah, it's so close, I can always go. Eh, not always. So if I die without having gone to Mexico City, I'll be kind of bummed because I've heard nothing but cool things. So I want to make Mexico City happen. Even if it's a long weekend, I can do it. Uh, I also want to dive with the whale sharks in Baja. There's an area down there that, I think, is it Isla Mujeres? It might be. Whatever it is, uh, I want to dive with the whale sharks down there because uh, they migrate there every year. And uh, having seen one in person before, really spectacular and just a, a beautiful animal. And I love to uh, dive. So there you go. Europe. Well... No, I did a lot of Europe this year, as you just heard. So the only thing really left in Europe that I haven't seen, and it's not, I guess you consider it Europe, or at least the Western part of it, is uh, Russia. Still haven't been to Russia. Now, it takes a little doing. It takes a little visa action. And uh, there, is a Euro there is a World Cup, though, in 2018. There is a World Cup in Russia this summer. And I've never been to a World Cup and as a soccer fan, I, I really like to go to one. So this could knock off two birds with one stone. But yet it is Russia. And they got a lot going against it. But I don't know. Maybe this will be the year to make that happen. Anyway, it's on the list. Africa? Well, Northern Africa, of course. I haven't been to Egypt and Morocco. And those are two places I want to go. And also uh, for Southern Africa, uh, Sub-Saharan, I should say, would be uh, Botswana. Heard cool things about Botswana. Great place for a safari, from what I've heard. Asia. Mainland China. That's where I want to go. I have not been to mainland China. Specifically Shanghai, Beijing, and I want to see the Terracotta Warriors in Xi'an. So those, if you've been to any of these places, write me. If you've been to any of these places and have any tips, let me know. I uh, want to get back to Japan, and there's a chance that might happen in February because my good friends Chris and Nicole Chamberlain in Hong Kong invited me to go skiing in northern Japan 
in February, and I'm really thinking about making that happen. And this is where the frequent flyer miles come in very handy. And uh, preliminary investigation, I'm thinking I can do it. I think and I might I might do that. Stay tuned. That might happen. But Japan is on the cards. And also in Asia, Myanmar. Still have not been to Myanmar. I've seen amazing photos, talked to people who have been, and they love it. In terms of Australia and the South Pacific, I want to get back to the Great Barrier Reef. It's been over 20 years, and I want to see, uh, really kind of see the shape it's in, but also get back down there and, uh, you know, see the greatest diving I've ever had. Also, in terms of diving, I want to dive in Palau, which I've heard is pretty amazing and uh, from everyone that has been. So diving in Palau, then there's the regular islands of Fiji, Tahiti, and then Hawaii's Big Island. Still have not been to the Big Island. Want to see the lava, want to see Volcanoes National Park and that kind of thing. So that's on the list. So there's all the continents. One thing I didn't mention is the Middle East, I want to perform for the troops. A lot of my friends, and uh, many of whom have been on this show and talked about their experiences of performing for the troops, and I'd love to do that. Not only for the travel experience, but of course to give something back and uh, entertain the troops. These guys and women have been gone for a long time, and from what the other comedians tell me, they are some of the most grateful audiences you'll ever perform for. And it just seems to be like a a really cool experience and something that I really like to do. And in terms of giving back, I also want to make 2018 a year where I uh, give back a little more to charity. I realize how fortunate I am and many of us are to be in this position where we can travel and we have the freedom and the means to do so. And that's a very rare thing around the world. Let 2018 be the year of giving back and also supporting local businesses around the world. Corporations are taking over everything. As we know, certainly in America, they got us by the, uh, by the NADs. They run things. They control politicians on both parties. The banks run it. And uh, the more I can give to local mom-and-pop businesses, the more I try to do that. And the more I, t- I go to countries that are hard-hit financially the more I try to do that. For example, been on the ship this week, and we visited San Juan, Puerto Rico, and St. Thomas in the Virgin Islands, uh, which are two places that really got hit hard with hurricanes. And uh, so I made a point to get off the ship, spend some money in some local restaurants, and not go to like, you know, I'm not spending money in Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett doesn't need any more money for many of us, but the local people do. So I try to go to a little mom-and-pop place, pay in cash, let them get something. I mean, the money goes right to them, and they need it. They need it. Did see a lot of damage in St. Thomas, still a lot of blue tarps on the roofs, and uh, it was hard. I mean, these people don't have much to begin with, and Mother Nature has a cruel way of reminding you who's in charge, especially in hurricane country. So give back, folks. Do a little something. Do a big something. I'm going to try to this year. I hope you do too. In terms of this show, what will 2018 bring? Well, there's a lot of different thoughts on that. Uh, All from me, (laughs) but some from listeners who've written me. And I always ask, I asked this last year, and it was very helpful. If you have ideas about the show, if you have criticisms, tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. I'm speaking into this big void, and I I like getting feedback. I you know, it makes me feel like, A, that you're out there, 
and B, that you, uh, you give a damn. Things need to change. They need to make changes. Uh, this is the way any kind of uh, project you're doing. I've been doing this for a number of years, and it needs to keep evolving and changing or else you start to plateau. I know I've been doing a lot more Skype interviews this, this year, which opens up uh, a lot more guests, uh, a lot more possibilities to get people. But um, do you like them? Do you hate them? Let me know. How's the, I mean, does the sound quality uh, match up to what you hope? Does it not? I don't know. Just let me know what you think. And if you got ideas of what you might like me to do, um, I'd be interested to hear it. I don't know what 2018 will bring in a lot of ways. Not in terms of uh, the world, in terms of peace, in terms of war, in terms of politics, in terms of travel. I don't know. But if I can give you one piece of advice in terms of traveling... If I've learned anything, don't wait. If you're not satisfied in your job, write it down, make up a plan, save money, and don't wait. We've had a lot of guests this year tell their tales about how travel has changed their life in one way or another. It can do that. Travel has the power to do that. It has the power to change your opinions. It has the power to change your goals. It has the power to make you reevaluate what's important in your life and what isn't. It can be transformative, which is why we love it so much. So if you're stuck in a rut, if you're bored, if you're restless, if you feel like you're in a bubble of the same people, the same places, the same opinions, then it's time to get out. It doesn't have to be a flight halfway around the world. It could just be you getting in the car and just taking off for a weekend. Just get lost. Go someplace where nobody knows you. Go someplace that always fascinated you, that you always wondered about, that you were always curious about. Hey, you know what? I heard about Cleveland my whole life. Let me go drive there and see what it's like. Maybe it'll suck, but at least you'll know. At least you'll know. And then they'll be somewhere else. Hey, I've never been there. Let me go see what that's like. And then you go, and at least you know. One thing all travelers with a capital T have is curiosity. I've always had it. I wanted to see things with my own eyes. I wanted to know what I was talking about when I talked about someplace, and not in the abstract, but on the first person, we can get so much out of travel. Sometimes it's like a cruise ship, where it's not really about meeting other cultures, it's just about getting away. I get it. If I wasn't being paid on this cruise ship, would I be on a cruise? Probably not. I'm not a fan. Most hardcore travelers are not cruise people. They're kind of built for just getting away and doing nothing. But relaxing. And oh, they'll get you to relax. They'll cram relaxation and fun down your throat. Heck, they even cram me down your throat telling jokes. But let's face it, anybody who goes on a Caribbean cruise to uh, some little islands and just for a day for six to eight hours and they get off the ship and they go, you know, do whatever, are not really into like the culture and meeting the locals and whatever. And that's fine. I get it. It's just not my thing. But maybe it's your thing. And if that's what you want to do, great. Do it. You want to backpack hardcore style? Do it. You want to take off for a year? Do it. But the key is don't wait. Don't wait. I've often said this on the show, but it's true. My dad liked to travel, but he thought he could do it when he retired. And then his body fell apart and he couldn't go. And he was dead at 67, never having seen so many of the places that he wanted to go to. My parents used to subscribe to National Geographic, and we'd get these magazines that would come every month with these amazing photos in them from places all around the world, and I'd ask them all about it, and they'd tell me about it, but they hadn't been to most of them. They really hadn't been. 
And I knew my dad would have loved to go, but he, he couldn't. And time just ran out. There's always time to not go somewhere. But if you have the time, the ability, and the health to see things you've always wanted to see, then I say go for it. And that's what I'm going to try to do this year. I'm in a rare position where I can do this. And I'm going to take full advantage of it. How I report back to you from these places may change. I think I'm going to have to incorporate a little more of a video element to this since that's, you know, let's face it. I've been my living in front of a camera for 20 years and uh, I should put myself more on camera. As much as I like talking to you in an audio format, I mean, come on. It's what I do. It'd be uh, dumb for me to not utilize that aspect. I got to think a different way if I want to stay in this business, but who knows? With new year brings new possibilities. I've had a lot of highs and lows this year, and uh, I've felt depressed at times. I've questioned a lot of my uh, actions and decisions over the years, and I've considered being one of those guys that I meet around the world in Central America or Mexico or Thailand, those expats that just have just said, screw it, I'm out. And they've left America and never looked back. I'm not quite there yet. Part of me is, but I'm not quite there yet. I still have a hint of ambition left. But when that goes, <laughs> you'll be seeing, you'll be getting this show from Chiang Mai or wherever. Not quite ready to cut the U.S. cord yet. But hey, give me another year with Trump, and uh, who knows? I could be ready to, <laughs> I could be ready to bolt at any point. But that's another show, and I digress. Anyway, there you have it. There's a wrap-up for 2017. I want to thank all the guests that appeared on the show. There's too many to name right now, but you know who you are. And you can see them all at TravelTalesPodcast.com. If you want to review, go back, listen to the old episodes, and uh, revisit our friends. We have some great new shows coming up in 2018. I want to thank you all for listening, even to this, for sticking around to the end of it. (laughs) This little rant, end-of-the-year rant. I hope you'll stick around through 2018. We have some great new guests. We have uh, some new things coming up, and uh, I'm looking forward to a year that's uh, it's going to be different. I've touched every continent now. I don't know what's left to do. Maybe, maybe I can go to the moon. Ooh. Aren't we going back there? Isn't that the plan? There's a good travel tale. Space. The final frontier. Oh, that'd be great. I just want them to invent a Star Trek transporter so we can all avoid the airport. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that's the dream. That's the dream. Anyway, thank you to all our guests in 2017. I look forward to 2018, and I hope you do too. Please travel. Please travel safely. Please wear socks and shoes on the airplane so I don't have to see your disgusting feet. Don't play your music or watch videos loudly in a public place without putting your headphones on, you idiots. Don't drive slowly in the left lane. Don't be an ugly American, loud and belligerent overseas. Be respectful of the locals. Spend some money with the locals. Keep an open mind and keep an open heart. And keep your passport valid. Thanks for listening, and let's all have a great 2018.